is the TMI Project Podcast. Tragedy plus time equals comedy. I'm your host, Micah. Margarita Meyendorf, known to most as Morka, was born in a displaced persons camp in Germany, the daughter of Russian and Estonian aristocrats who fled communist persecution after World War II. But life really got interesting when she moved to upstate New York and applied for a job with the FBI. Morka shared her story at the Rosendale Theater in July 2012. So, it's 1997, and I'm out of work. The English as a second language teaching job is over because Marlboro School District is too cheap to continue buying the services from BOCES. This is after a year of me setting up a brand new ESL program in Marlboro. I got in and out of my car 12 times a day in all kinds of freeze-ass weather to service five schools in the district, three elementary, a junior high, and the high school. Good riddance. But I'm out of a job, divorced, with two children. What now? I see an advertisement in one of my Russian educational rags. It's for the FBI. (laughs) They're looking for Russian translators to translate various Russian documents into English. Various Russian documents. Secret documents, classified, government secrets that I could tell my girlfriends about, espionage, James Bond agents, I'm in. My mind is working overtime. I could work at home. I could sit at my computer at home. I could watch the weather from the window, no in and out of cars. I call and get an appointment. Mickey, the wonderful man I'm living with is coming with me. He doesn't trust the James Bond attitude that I have obtained all of a sudden. He is Hungarian, and in 1956, at the ripe age of 12, he watched Soviet tanks line up at the edge of Budapest, where he lived, to prepare to roll into the city the next morning. The 1956 Hungarian Revolution literally unfolding in front of him. He lived in a police state. He did not want me working for the FBI. He didn't want the phone tapped. He didn't want the FBI in our house. He didn't want the FBI watching the house. It doesn't matter. When I get a bug up my ass, it's happening. (laughs) I want to stay home and work at my computer and get paid for it. We drive up the throughway to Albany and finally to the FBI building. It is ominous. It is white outside with black windows. It is desolate. There are no people. It looks like a giant refrigerator. (laughs) Mickey wants to go home. I'm still curious. We walk inside the refrigerator. It is silent. Not a sound, except for the click, 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 click heels of the one security guard who shows me where to take my Russian language test. They need to know if, in fact, I can read, write, and translate Russian. Of course I can. Russian is my first language. Mickey has to stay in the freezing entrance of the refrigerator. (laughs) Poor Mickey. 
Armed with my Russian-English-English-Russian dictionaries, I walk into what looks like a small classroom with large tables, no windows, and I'm given a long translation from Russian to English, and I have an hour to complete this. I'm alone, concentrating on my task, and I'm avoiding the feeling of creepiness that slips in and out of my consciousness as I work. The silence is deafening. Maybe Mickey's right. In an hour, a clerk takes my translation and within several minutes tells me that I have passed the test and will be interviewed shortly. I am soon taken into another office where I finally meet what I believe to be my first FBI agent. I'm psyched. <laughs> you know that everything you say here has to be the truth and nothing but the truth because we're going to give you a lie detector test. He says, this guy's no joke. Fine, I have nothing to hide, go ahead. He leads me into another room and I see it. Oh my God, it's a fucking electric chair. Oh shit. Oh, 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 what the <laughs> This is the lie detector chair, he says, as another agent sits me down in this contraption and straps me in, hanging little wires all over my arms. My heart is racing. There is nothing to be afraid of, is there? The interviewer says. Not a thing, I say. This guy looks like a cold piece of raw meat on a white plate. He sits down in front of me. Name? Morka. Uh, Morka Meyendorf. Uh, uh, Margarita Meyendorf. Uh, uh, Morka Anderson. I was married to an American. Anything else? Baroness Margarita Georgievna von Meindorf. My father was a Russian aristocrat. Address, the last five addresses. Well, that's hard. We moved a lot as a family. Then my ex-husband and I moved a lot. And I moved a lot during theater. Travel, Russia. Russia, good. Why? Worked as a tour guide. I have friends there. Relatives, a few. He's gonna like this. Some were not able to leave because the communist government wouldn't let them. I met my cousin back in the 80s behind a big metal pole, behind a long metal bench in a particular subway station in Moscow. He was afraid of meeting someone from the West. Can you imagine living like that? Another time, I got in trouble with Interist, the Russian Tourist Control Agency, for taking a group of American teachers to a children's camp outside of St. Petersburg, outside of the visa radius. Very good. <laughs> Married, once. Children, two. Boyfriends, girlfriends. God, he's getting nervous, and he's getting very personal. Languages, French. I got my teaching certification in France. Where were you born? This place, Persons Camp in Germany. <laughs> <laughs>
work, ever do bar work. I was a go-go dancer. A go-go girl, a go-go dancer. When, where? New York City, New Jersey, New York State. How long did you do this? About a year or two. Prostitution? No. Nude? No. Topless? No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yes, I went topless. topless I don't know six months a year I danced I'm a dancer I studied dance in New York City it was a way to make money for theater schools dance voice classes when I was a kid I wanted to be a spider singer you know what I mean <laughs> he doesn't think this is funny this piece of meat has no sense of humor What is the Hungarian-Russian connection of Rosendale, New York? <laughs> Hungarian-Russian connection? Oh, that's my phone message. Phone message? Yes, I live with a Hungarian, so we call ourselves the Russian-Hungarian connection of Rosendale, New York. Those fucks called my house. Mickey's right, I'm out of here. You ever take drugs? Nah. <laughs> what did you do? Mm, a little marijuana, occasionally. Marijuana, that's all? Yes. <laughs> all right, all right. I did a little speed in my early 20s, too. My, my doctor gave me diet pills, which are essentially speed when I gained weight from birth control pills. As soon as I graduated to Black Beauties, it was the doctor's fault. When did you smoke the marijuana? I don't know. Back in 1969? I mean, didn't everybody smoke marijuana in 1969? How much? How much? What do you mean, how much? How often did you smoke? Once, twice a week, every day? I don't know. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> all right, all right. I smoked every night for a while, but that's it. I stopped a few years later because it was getting me paranoid. You don't smoke marijuana anymore. No, I don't. Drink? Socially. You are very interesting to us. I hate him now. Born in a displaced persons camp in Germany of Russian aristocratic parents, speaks Russian, French, and English, was married to an American, lives now with a Hungarian, had Polish, Bulgarian, and Russian lovers. Basically, you went through the whole Eastern Bloc. <laughs>
travels extensively in Russia, has problems with the communist way of doing things, but you smoked marijuana and took drugs. Yeah, but that was 30 years ago. It doesn't matter, we can't have drugs. But because of your background, I'm going to call Washington right now and see if they will make an exception. He leaves. I'm thinking, I'm not going to work for you. All of them in this building, wherever they're hiding, should be smoking weed. This country would be a lot better off. <laughs> I wonder if the lie detector can detect thoughts. Vicky's right. Who needs this? What am I, nuts? To think I want to work for the American government? What a bunch of uptight pricks. You have passed everything with flying colors, but Washington won't hire you because of the marijuana you smoked 30 years ago. Are you fucking nuts? The whole world was flying high back in the 60s, and you're worried about a little marijuana and speed that I did? Fuck you. And by the way, goddammit, I didn't inhale. <laughs> There are just three stories left in Tragedy Plus Time Equals Comedy series. Next up. Why do I have to go through this? Why do boys get protected and spoiled? And girls have to struggle and work so hard? How come my mom doesn't see how unfair this is? What is the difference between us beside his peepee? I'm Micah, and my co-host is Eva Tenuto. Heli Downs produced this episode. Our Director of External Affairs is Sarah DeRose, and our Operations Manager is Blake Fields. Our theme song is Secrets by Edison Woods. And to our storyteller, Morka, we say, Spasiba. This episode of TMI Project's podcast, Tragedy Plus Time Equals Comedy, was produced in partnership with Radio Kingston, with production assistance from Ida Hakala, Nate Brogan, Marlon Barry, and Manuel Blas. Visit tmiproject.org to see this episode's writing prompt, and submit your story. Here's the part where we ask for your help. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. TMI Project is a nonprofit organization, and we rely on the generous support of our listeners. Help us continue to create radically true stories that have the power to change the world. Make a donation today. And if you're inspired to tell your own story, join us this summer at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Eva and I will be teaching a TMI Project true storytelling workshop August 23rd to the 28th. You can find details on our website, tmiproject.org.